Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Hello again, everyone. Welcome into another thrilling, spellbinding episode of Sports Tonight College Football. Here with our uh, analyst and guru on college football from Baltimore Sports and Life, Mike Lowe. And Mike, I seem to be stuck on that word spellbinding, but gosh darn it, it is, isn't it? It certainly is. It certainly is. I am always spellbound to be here and uh, just absolutely. Uh, you look spellbinding today. If I, I, uh, I, I feel spellbound. Well, no, I'm not even sure what that means. Uh, moving on. <laughs> um, boy, lots to talk about. Uh, college football never disappoints. Uh, confusing never, surprises, never. but never disappoints. Um, and it's never boring, and it's just, uh, yeah, nothing ever stops either. There's, there's well, just that, no such true. thing as downtime. And if it's boring, change the channel. Um, yeah. So last week, uh, some interesting games. Uh, I think probably the biggest one of them uh, could be uh, Ohio State at Penn State. And, uh, boy, that was interesting for about three and a half quarters, wasn't it? It, it certainly was, yeah. And, um, you know. Penn State, I guess, didn't get the memo that football games are four quarters long, or that's just uh, that's just I, I I I don't think that's what it was. I think it's just uh, that's about how long it took for Ohio State to wear them down, and then just uh, their running game took over. Yeah, it seemed to me like when when Penn State went ahead in the fourth quarter, Ohio State is oh that's how it's going to be. Well, I guess we're just going to have to kick your ass. And pretty much they proceeded to do that. It was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, that was over in a hurry. Yeah. Um, Uh, But yeah, you know, I, it just, uh, you know, you still, you look at Ohio state and you're like, well, you know, it, it took them that long. You know, their running game just went nowhere all day until the fourth quarter. Um, And, you know, I I just kind of said this, I think last week, it's like they, you don't really feel like they've put together their best game yet. Right. Yeah, you really have to wonder. Just, they're still blowing right through everybody. Maybe they're saying It's like, you know, if they really can put it all together sometime, they're just going to be downright frightening. Yes. And I, I just uh, got you know, they're going to, they're going to find it against Michigan. That, that, that's, what I think is going to happen. Maybe that's it. That's, you you know, that's that maybe, you know, you don't want to say they're holding back. I don't think they're doing that at all. But, um, yeah, I think that'll be the one game where they most need to find it. Uh, Yes. Yeah, that's going to be by far their best opponent of the season. Uh, And, you know, that's, gosh, you know, they still haven't had, really, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, but, you know, here we got Marvin Harrison Jr. and uh, you know he can carry the load himself. And uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about him because here he is. His, his dad is a Hall of Fame receiver, one of the great receivers. Could he? Could Junior be even better? Certainly, he's a better college player. Uh, yeah, certainly. Um, you know, he has to get to the right NFL situation. Right. Uh, it certainly didn't hurt Marvin Harrison Sr. to have Peyton Manning throwing passes to him his whole career. Not even a little um, bit, yeah. And, you know, playing in an offense that, you know, was pretty much designed to, to throw the ball. Um, so, you know, I, I think a lot of that will just end up being, you know, getting in the right situation with the right team, surrounded by the right people. But is it conceivable? Sure. Um, he certainly has the physical attributes to be able to, uh, you know, be successful in the NFL and maybe even dominate it that level. Right. Yeah. Again, we go back to Ohio State, the new wide receiver. You. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. They just—it's like they, you know, it's like they have a, a lab somewhere on campus where they just grow them. Yeah. That's, the production is uh, pretty good coming out of that lab too. Yeah, well, and it had to hurt. It had to hurt Penn State fans knowing Marvin Harrison Jr. is from Pennsylvania. 
Yeah, that probably didn't happen. <laughs> that's, that's never fun. Yeah. Well, another game worth talking about was the, uh, okay, let me get it, the Oklahoma State-Kansas State game. What? Yeah, that wasn't what? really a game. What? <laughs> Not much of a game there. The Oklahoma State. Uh, yeah. Losing is one thing, but they just got their doors blown off. Yeah, I think their bus broke down in uh, Topeka somewhere, and they just didn't yeah, make it all the walk. way to Manhattan, or yeah, yeah. or wow. maybe they maybe they maybe they saw Manhattan and they went to New York City and said, "Okay, where's right. the game?" Easy <laughs> you know? mistake to make. Yeah, we're we're playing Fordham this week, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, they played like Fordham. I mean, yeah. uh, and and hey, that's and an insult Wildcats, to Fordham. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, but the Wildcats with a backup quarterback, they did that. My. They did. And, and you know, he looked all right the week before against uh, TCU. He certainly wasn't bad at all. Um, yeah, that, that, you know, that's just a real head scratcher because get your doors blown off that bad. I thought Oklahoma State, you know, even if they don't show up, they're they're still at least going to be, you know, Good enough to put some points on the board, but they got whitewashed. Yeah, yeah forty-eight nothing uh, for those that don't know the score, and it was thirty-five yeah. nothing at halftime. I mean, you know, giving up forty-eight points isn't a big eye opener with them. I, you know, their defense isn't great this year, but uh, yeah, that they couldn't put anything on the board is just uh, that was unthinkable. That was a shocker. Yeah. And that, you know that's obviously kind of you know a big deal in the Big Twelve. They were you know at least my pick to be that second team, and at some point you know they get a rematch with TCU. I don't think that's happening now. Um, yeah, may, uh, yeah, I suppose it, it mathematically it obviously still could, but a lot of weird you know, things have happen. Yeah, you you know you got to look at them and say, well, my gosh, it, you know, they might not be done losing yet. After that, that's going to be a real challenge coming back. And here's Kansas State making yeah. a play to get in that championship game. And, you know, after that, you can't write them off. Well, uh, <clears> well you know what? I think um, I think we should already just go ahead and lock in the championship game for the Big 12, and it should be TCU against Tulane. <laughs> yes. Well, um, Tulane can make that case after that Fairly nondescript win over Kansas State, and you know here they both are uh, in the top twenty-five. So who they knew, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, and somehow Kansas State is ranked ahead of Tulane, despite the fact that Tulane has a better record, and they beat Kansas State. So well, they got the uh, yeah, figure that. Yeah. Well, speaking of head scratching yeah. games, Mike, this, this one just I. I I cannot get my. Uh, I think I know the one you're talking about. That you do. Wake Forest. Louisville Wake Forest. My goodness. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen such an implosion that that second half, and and really just the third quarter specifically. uh, Just six turnovers in one quarter. Right. How? Yeah, eight in the whole half, but six in one yeah. quarter. It's like, six how did you even manage to get the ball that many times? Well, that's true. Well, because they kept getting, you know, Louisville kept scoring. I guess yeah, they they gave up the quick scores so they could get yeah. it right back and turn it over turn again. It again. Well, the yeah, that's was, you know that's another one, and yeah, it was fourteen thirteen at halftime. Wake Forest was winning. Wake Forest up by one, and, and then, then Louisville it was scored them thirty-five to nothing. Wow. Well, you got to have a lot of help doing that, and boy, uh, Wake Forest has gift wrapped that one for him, didn't they? <laughs> wow. I forget what I forget what Dave Clawson's quote was after the game, but uh, you know, it was something to the effect of "We didn't play our best game," or "I didn't have them <laughs> really? well prepared." <laughs> and, okay. and it's just what you're yeah. just like. If that's not a duh moment quote, yeah. there. Yeah, you kind of talk about the cliches for the occasion. I mean, talk about understatements. Wake Forest went in that game number 10 in the nation for only the second time, and they've lost both times they've been number 10. Yeah. And they don't have to worry about that again. And and after that, I don't think they have to worry about being in the top 10 anymore. So I I think uh, that's a wrap. At least that uh, statistic won't come back to haunt 
not won't come back to haunt them this year. Yeah, that um, you know, and it sets up an interesting game this weekend for the consolation prize of the uh, yeah. ACC Atlantic uh, with them and NC State. Yeah, kind of battling for second place. But yeah, for Wake Forest, gosh, you know, we were sitting here last week saying, hey, you know what? They can run the table and, you know, they can get themselves a New Year's Six Bowl. Mm, Not now. No, no. Forget about it. Yeah, that'll probably go to North Carolina, I'd imagine. Uh, Yeah, and speaking of North Carolina, they're staring 11 and 1 right, right in the face. They, they could yeah now they do yeah they do get to play actually Wake Forest um so you know that'll be a high scoring game and you know might come down to right, who has the ball State, left right? um I don't believe they've played yet no oh, so they okay. still have I think North Carolina and NC State still play yeah, as well as uh, Wake Forest so those yeah. are some challenging games for them. Um, yeah, they're only number 17 in the playoff rankings right now. And, you know, they're about the the quietest, uh, you know, seven and one, as you can imagine. But Talk about sneaking up on everybody. And you were talking two or three weeks ago about Derek May. And now people yeah. are trying to find out that, hey, this guy is, you know, maybe, well, they, maybe he gets they an listen, invite to the you, you can tell who listens to our show. Well, there you go. And Absolutely. Because, you know, nobody had ever heard of him until I said his name. And and now he's just practically a household name. At least That's right. In your household, but uh, <laughs> somebody's household. Oh, yeah, yeah. You but, know, my, uh, my, dog, my dogs gave it two paws up, my May for Heisman <laughs> campaign. <laughs> two paws up. Any other games jump out at you from last week that are, are worth mentioning? Oh, I'm sure there were that, uh, you know, the game we talked about in our preview, um, Cincinnati at UCF. Um, I, I, I actually uh, kind of expected that outcome, and apparently that was good enough to actually get UCF to crack the playoff rankings, as well as the polls. Uh, they're, they're sitting at number 25 right now. Um, you know, and it also puts them in the driver's seat for the AAC championship game, you know, them and Tulane. Uh, the two of them, I think they play each other. I knew Cincinnati and Tulane did at the very end of the okay, season, but I think UCF and Tulane are going to play each other head-to-head yes, sometime uh, before. Weeks. Yeah, yes. so, uh, you know. that Tulane. Yeah, so uh, that could be, uh, you know, an elimination game. Yeah, if they, if they split and they're going to be other. on perhaps to get the New Year's Six Bowl bid from the G5 teams, um, because I don't, you know, if they kind of beat up each other, it'll be interesting yeah. to see who gets that, because I'm pretty sure Liberty isn't eligible because you have to be a conference champion, I think, to get I, the I New Year's Six ask Bowl you about bid. That. If yeah, they I, the top I, I, 25, they would be it has to go to the highest ranked G5 conference champion, is oh. the rule. And they they'll be joining Conference USA, but not until next year. So uh, they're not eligible this year to get that bid. So uh, it'd be interesting to see, you know, if you have all this attrition at the top of uh, you know the AAC, if it you know somebody like UTSA or Coastal Carolina end up sneaking in there. Well, you never know. Um, so that'll be interesting to keep an eye on and get that G five spot. Yeah. Um, well, we're able to uh, reinstitute one of our uh, favorite segments, which is which coach got fired this week. It's been a couple of quiet <laughs> weeks, but that ended abruptly with the Auburn. Uh, not to anyone's surprise, just no one knew it was when, not if, or when was last weekend uh, when they uh, relieved Brian Harson of his duties in a very tersely worded statement that didn't even mention his name. Hey. Yeah, that was pretty that was cold. cold. Yeah. yeah, that was just Usually plain cold. Usually they get the thing, you know, thank you for your service. Yeah, thank you for your service. Yeah. And no, uh, they couldn't even mention his name. nothing. Except yeah. To, to, to help soothe his feelings, he is due $7.5 million within 30 days. Yes, so, and another $7.5 million yeah. Yeah, in, in tow beyond that. Yeah, That's, so uh, you know, that. it's, it's kind of... Um, yeah, the timing was interesting because you would have thought maybe they would have done that going into their bye week, um, you know, given, uh, you know, whoever the interim is, you know, an extra week to sort of, you know, 
take the reins, but they didn't do that. And it, it, it does seem like it was timed right with when they uh, brought in a new right. and AD. Right. And essentially, you know, they, they in the press release said this was the president's decision. So, you know, he didn't want that to have to be on the new athletic director's plate. Yeah, so it, it just, you know, they, they've been making great decisions in, in the football program. Yeah. Well, if you're going to wait to hire the guy and then the president takes responsibility, what did you wait for? But whatever, you know. Yeah, that's uh, very unusual. But, you know, well, it's I'm, Auburn. It's, it's it's Auburn doing Auburn yeah. things. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll avoid getting on my soapbox, but I still can't believe that they saw fit to – Fire Gus Malzahn. I think that was a stupid move on their part. By the way, he's doing a nice little job down at UCF, isn't he? He is. He is. Yeah, no surprise. You know, you, yeah. you knew he, you know, that was a good spot for him, good landing spot for him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he'll be back in the Power Five next season. So, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah Big 12. Yeah. Yeah, so who knows, you know, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't it be funny if he gets into the playoff before Auburn does? <laughs> Well, strange things have happened. Not only would it be funny, but it's entirely conceivable. Yes, it is, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, very much. Well, now the fun part starts is the guessing game of who's going to get the Auburn job. And, Mike, it seems to me that that is the premier job that is currently open. Uh, I guess you could say that. (laughs) Yeah, you know, uh, it's... You know, I sit back and wonder, and you just look at all that dysfunction there at Auburn, and you wonder how much that might scare somebody off or at least give somebody pause to say, you know what, maybe, you know, it it might be upper echelon in terms of, you know, visibility and, you know, the big-time football conference, but is it really worth it? Is that, you know, really the best career move? Um yeah, I don't know. I don't know, you know, how coaches really look at that. I think, you know, I, I would imagine everybody has their own perspective. Yeah, you can win would be my guess. It has you, been proven that you can win. You there. can. You can. Well, yeah, you can win, and then you can get fired for winning, well, like Gus Malzahn did. <laughs> and you can walk away with about a, you know, a $24 million golden parachute. Um, and get another nice job. And get another nice job, and yeah, not have to take any kind of a reduction, <laughs> because I yeah. think I don't I don't think they um, I don't think they reduced his payments any at Auburn just because he's getting paid by UCF. So oh sweet, and the same thing will be same thing will go for Brian Arson if he gets another job right away. But you know the other thing I was you know just kind of pondering because I you know, I did the math and I think it's somewhere around thirty seven million is the combined buyouts yeah. for. Um, Malzahn and Harson, and this doesn't include either one of their staffs, who they also have to buy out. And then, you know, well, who are they going to get? It's like, well, if you go get a current head coach, you're going to have to pay yet another buyout probably to that university to get him out of his contract there. Well, they love paying buyouts. <laughs> uh, they are the buyout kings. I don't know yeah. what the tro- I don't know what the trophy is for that. Yeah, um, you really want to win. Yeah, I guess they have the money, but is that really how you? Is that the best way to spend it? Well, there there is that, but uh... um, and and so you know, I was just kind of thinking because you know everybody's mentioning names like Wayne Kiffin and Hugh Freeze, and you know you know I mean Hugh Freeze just signed a huge contract extension at Liberty, so you know he's got a big buyout. Lane Kiffin probably does too. Um. You know, do they really want to do that, or do, I don't know. Well, that's um, the crazy thing about the coaching contracts, you know, because I, I saw the deal too, where where Free signed a long extension. That just means his price went up. To move. Yeah, it, it does. It doesn't really mean that he's locked in. It just means his price. It just went up. it's just going to cost you more. That's all. Yeah. But and you know, uh, you know, everybody talks about again Lane Kiffin. Um, yeah, it's is Auburn. Really, that big a step up from Ole Miss? Again, I think it depends on perspective. But, you know, historically speaking, yeah, sure. On the other hand, um, you know, are they going to pay that much more than Ole Miss? You know, they're both SEC schools. They're both, you know, getting the same 
money. That in that regard, um, you know, Ole Miss, you don't necessarily have the kind of expectations you would at Auburn. Um, you know, I I don't know. Well, and I think you know, Kiffin has the you know the reputation of flaming out where there's big expectations, Tennessee, Southern Cal. So I, you know, if, if, if I were him, I would have learned my lesson from that and just dig in at Ole Miss where he's going to get paid and he's shown he can be very successful. Auburn is high risk, high reward, but, you know, he's already yeah. failed at that a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, again, it just, you know what? I, I, I'll promise you one thing. Lane Kiffin will uh, give us uh, several cryptic tweets about the Auburn job, oh, yeah. whether he whether he wants it or not. He'll do that. Uh, that's one thing we can count on. He um, wants to be talked about. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and you know, you you have some others out there, of course. You you've got you know Bill O'Brien, you know, at Alabama right now, offensive coordinator. Um, you know, he's. Worked in the SEC. He's got the head coaching experience at you know both college and NFL. Um, you've got Matt Rule. I, I would expect to hear his name plenty, um, and you know he's not hesitant about walking into difficult situations and you know turning you know lemon into lemonade. Well, um, it's a lot different to walking in Baylor versus walking into Auburn. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's not the same mess, but both of them were kind of yeah, messy situations. Yeah. Um, just, just messes of a different kind. Um, but yeah, I would, I would certainly expect, uh, you know, to hear his name attached to that job. You know, you He's mentioned got... Bill O'Brien, and that just to me sounds like such a solid hire. Not. Not a high, I mean, very low risk. Yeah, know that and he, he's another guy that took over a very difficult situation Penn at Penn State. Yes. Yeah. Did, did um, a terrific job with that. Now, things didn't work out in the long term in Houston uh, in the yeah. NFL, but he did have some success yeah. there, and no one else has had. He did. I, I, I think he was a much better coach than he was a general manager. He's uh, a lousy that's, general manager. Things really went downhill when they yeah. let him be in charge of the personnel. He was his own worst enemy in that regard. But, you know, as a coach, yeah, I, I think he did a decent job there. And I think they need somebody, you know, some of the other folks we're talking about will come in with this, this high profile, and O'Brien won't. You know, he's just going to come in and do the work. And boy, that sounds like that is the kind of thing they need to just settle everybody down and get focused on winning football games. Yeah, you know, you know, he's he's been inside of the, you know, the on the inside of the Nick Saban blueprint of how to run a program. Um, you know, he knows the SEC, the SEC West. Um, you know, he. He's coached in that part of the country. Um, so, you know, he's not going to come in there as a complete outsider. He, he's worked with Bill Belichick. Um, he, <laughs> you know, he, he's very, very good. Yeah, yeah. Un, you know, good resume. So, um, you know, I, and, and best of all, he's just a coordinator, so he's not going to have a big fat buyout that Auburn has to deal with. Right. And wouldn't they like dinging – Nick Saban a little bit by taking his offensive coordinator away. It's not that that kind of thing really phases him a whole lot because he'll just go out and get some other stuff yeah. who's looking to rehab their yeah. career. Yeah. But still, you know, that's oh, yeah. well, you, you know, I'm sure I'm sure Georgia enjoyed finally beating Nick Saban with Kirby Smart. So, cool. yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. One more name that I've heard mentioned uh, for the Auburn job that I think is ridiculous, but it keeps getting out there. Deion Sanders. Yeah, I don't see it. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, I, 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 I don't think that's uh, – no. he's not ready for that. No, no. Nor do but I think he really – I don't think he I don't think he really wants that, but I don't think he's ready for that. Well, it's hard to tell what he wants other than, you know, the continued visibility. And, and he's doing good things at Jackson State. He's, getting, he's getting lots of visibility at Jackson yeah. State. And it's helping um, the school, not just him. But yeah, I don't see that act working at all. And, and I'm sorry that that just sounds wrong. I'm not 
that implies he's disingenuous. You know, if, if there's one thing, we all know what Coach Prime is, okay? He, he's out there. You want to talk about a, a bad fit? Ooh. Yeah. I heard somebody say something interesting is uh, Auburn hires Lane Kiffin and then uh, Ole Miss hires Dion to replace him. That, that was kind of interesting because mm. – um, you know, Ole Miss, I mean, look, Lane Kiffin and Deion Sanders, they're, they're kind of of the same ilk there. They're both the, the very public yeah. showmen and, uh, love the attention. And yeah. so Ole Miss is already kind of, kind of used to that. Um, yeah. and he's right there in Mississippi. Dion is, he, it's not like he's got to move very far from Jackson up to Oxford. Jackson, I had not heard that yet. That, that is. I don't think he's ready for that, but it, yeah, it makes, I, yeah, I, I, it makes more sense than Deion Sanders at Auburn. Absolutely, yeah, that really doesn't make any sense. So, um, okay, well, let's uh, before we segue into the discussion about the college football playoff, why don't we hit our own top tens just because we can, right? Just because we can, absolutely, because I have mine, and uh, yeah, we did. We did not see a whole lot of change uh, from last week. Um, I'd have uh, you know, still Georgia number one, Ohio State number two, Tennessee number three, Michigan number four, Clemson five, TCU six, um, Alabama seven, Oregon eight. Um, I had Oklahoma State at nine. They obviously dropped, so that bumped Ole Miss up to number nine. And I put UCLA at number 10. I have them just a little bit ahead of USC. Um, ours continue to be pretty similar. I flipped uh, TCU and Clemson. I have TCU 5, Clemson 6. And uh, I have Southern Cal at number 9 instead of Ole Miss. Okay. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm still not drinking the Kool-Aid on Ole Miss. Um, okay. You know, they, uh, they were very fortunate to get out of uh, – uh, Texas College Station with a win uh, last they week. They were. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, not a lot of movement. But, of course, the uh, powers that be in the college football playoff would have some serious disagreements with us, which obviously means they're misguided. But, well, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, of uh, course they are. Yes. Tennessee, number one. Tennessee is number one. And, you know, I, I can see it. They have... They have probably the best win that any team in all of college football has so far this year. Uh, yes. Um, uh, the then Ohio State, um, Georgia, and I mean, Clemson. they just had, you know, they dismantled, they dismantled Kentucky. And uh, oh, so, yeah, you know, I can understand Tennessee at number one. Um, they, they just, they did the same thing to LSU, who uh, the committee has ranked number 10. Um, so, yeah, I, I, completely see uh, Tennessee yeah. being number one for now. Oh, I, I, um, I agree. You can definitely make that case. Yeah. Ohio State over Georgia? Uh, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, I mean, you know, Ohio State, you know, I think Georgia's played the tougher schedule. Ohio State, you know, they have some convincing wins. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I would have put Georgia – for now, yeah. I mean, and obviously, this is all going to get worked out. But right now, I would put Georgia ahead of Ohio State. Just uh, I know they had that real clunker at Missouri, and um, you know, maybe that's kind of the committee punishing them for that. I don't know, but I, I Georgia goes above Ohio State. I think. I agree. Um, and then Clemson four and Michigan five. And I, I no, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've made my feelings known about Clemson. I, I understand it because Clemson has played and beaten three other ranked teams. And, and I know, you know, the committee's not really supposed to do this. My reasoning is it, it's just that whole eyeball test, as they call it. Yeah. You know, you, you watch them play and you're like, yeah, Michigan's a better team. Right. Um, but I know, I, you know, I've, I've read that that's not really supposed to be a thing when you're ranking teams, the whole eyeball test. You know, you're supposed to use data. and Which, which uh, sounds kind know. of odd, doesn't it? You, you always yeah, be yeah. for not yeah. watching the teams play. Yeah. 
exactly. Okay. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, and I guess the reason being is that you know the people on the committee can't watch every team, oh, and cool. so I so I understand that. Um, but you know, I've I've watched enough of both of them to know that Michigan's the better team. Well, I would strongly agree with that. And then you have six and, and, and you know, and I know okay. I had TCU ranked below, but TCU might be better than Clemson too, just because if you know, I'm, I try to picture them ranked yep. head to head. <laughs> And, you know, I, I know Clemson's defense would give TCU a tough time, but, you know, they've had their struggles in the secondary, and I think TCU could could attack them there. Absolutely. Um, you know, definitely make them pay. And, um, yeah, that would uh, that would be an interesting matchup. I'd love to see it. And, and maybe we will. Although, maybe we will. Who knows? Maybe yeah, they, we will. We have to we, wind we up probably 2-3 to do that, but it's possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But right now, TCU sits at seven behind one loss, Alabama. Yeah, and, you know, I've got yeah, no, Alabama. You know, we'll 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 get into this, but uh, their their inability to you know to really play well on the road. Um, you know, they're uh-huh. just, they're just such a Jekyll Hyde. You know, between home and the road over these past really two seasons. Um, yeah, you know you. I understand it's hard to go on the road and win. I'm I'm not saying it's not. I mean, you know, look at what happened to Georgia when they went to Missouri. Uh, it's hard to go on the road and win. But the disparity in just the level of execution and performance for Alabama is just so great that I don't think they're worthy of being ranked ahead of, you know, these other unbeaten teams here, the, you know, the six unbeaten teams. Right. I, so, I I don't think so. If you watch just the Tennessee and Texas games, both on the road, you would have Alabama a lot lower. Now that that wouldn't be fair to just isolate it for those two games, but if you average it out with a body of work, yeah, it's, I I don't see how you could put them ahead of any major undefeated team at this point. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's uh, and again we'll get into this, but I'm I'm really interested to see what happens with them on Saturday. I think you could even make a case for Oregon being right there with them. Oregon is number eight. You know, their loss was to Georgia first week of the season, and Georgia spanked them pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. But since then, you know, Oregon's been one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, they, um, you know, they're they're also much better at home on the road than on the road. Not right. as big a disparity as Alabama. Uh, you know, they started slow. I watched their game at Cal Saturday. They started slow, but, you know, really poured it on in the second half and, um, you know, won that pretty comfortably. Um, you know, I, I, I think if they met head-to-head on a neutral field, Alabama wins. Um, you know, no question about that. So I, I, I don't – there's not okay. much question for me there. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're we're going yeah, we'll see. They're they're an interesting case, you know. That we've seen, you know, just about every year there's, you know, kind of a team that lurks at the bottom part of that uh top ten in the initial rankings and you know, you're like, Oh well, no, not much chance and you know, they just keep winning and as right. you know, teams above them fall. Yeah, we'll see. They've got a they got a couple interesting matchups ahead. They get uh they get Washington and Utah, both of them at home. Um, I think they'll probably be favored in both of those. Then they end the season at Oregon State. Um, who did they did they crack the playoff rankings? I know they're in the yeah they're number twenty three in the playoff rankings. Oregon Beavers. State. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that game's in Corvallis. That'll be interesting. And uh, the Civil War is going to possibly have some real meat riding on it this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, first time in quite a while. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it makes it kind of fun out here. And you know, it's uh, you know, living here 15 years in Oregon, I have seen several seasons where, not many, but several seasons where there was a lot on the line in that matchup. Twice, you know, two years in a row, I remember it was it was about you know the winner got a trip to the Rose Bowl. And um, it's just a lot of fun because, you know, coming from, you know, a Maryland perspective where you, you not only did you not have an in-state rival, you didn't really have any, uh, any kind of a football rival of any kind. And, uh, yeah, you know, you, if you just uh, it feels like there's something kind of missing out there. Yep. And, yeah, yeah, totally. But agree. anyway, 
Well, not to get too, too far off track, but um, no, you know, Oregon no, has absolutely. Oregon has some nice resume building opportunities uh, on the remainder of their schedule. We actually were kind of segueing into something I want to ask you about, Mr. West Coast guy. You're out there, and now the the Pac-12, which has been largely dormant in the the national conversation over the last few years, has four of the top 14 ranked in the playoff, and then Oregon State as a fifth. This is almost like a renaissance, although two of those schools are not going to be part of the Pac-12 for that long. That's all different conversation, but for right now, yeah. Pac-12 is, is playing some football again. They are, yeah, for the first time in a while. And um, it, it does feel like it's kind of tempered out here when, you, when you're when you like, okay, well, two of those teams are, yeah. you know, they've only got two seasons left. But, um, yeah, you know, Oregon, you know, is kind of the primary team here. And, um, you yeah, know, a lot of excitement there, especially when you consider, you know, it's a first, first time ever head coach, you know, a whole new staff, uh, you know, a quarterback, uh, you know, they get off the portal who, you know, clearly had his ups and downs. And, you know, here they are, eight team in, number eight team in the country, just one loss so far. And, uh, yeah, Oregon State, um, you know, they they kind of got a lot of uh, uh, press here last year because that was their first bowl game in a long, long time. And, uh, you know, just having Jonathan Smith, he was the quarterback of that uh, 2001 mm-hmm. team that went to the Fiesta Bowl. And so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it is kind of fun both out here when, you know, both Pac-12 is relevant and especially the two Oregon teams are both good. No, so when, that's, when your West a, Coast, that's your West Coast a, moment. <laughs> well, there's a lot riding on, on a, a big rivalry game, boy. It just doesn't get any better. It's yeah, you got that. Yeah, and USC UCLA. I mean, that's chances are you know that's going to be a game that determines who goes to the Pac-12 championship game. You know, winners in and plays gets to play for the title. Loser, no. Um, that's so that's going to be huge. And elimination game. And yeah, you know, I think yeah, yeah, you've got. You know, uh, I think it's uh, two weeks from now. Two or three weeks from now, Oregon and Utah, and yeah, I think that'll be another elimination game. Yeah, Utah struggled a little bit early, but uh, they have uh, come back as a feisty two-loss team, and yes, they are. Uh, yeah, they. Um, they play, we, uh, I think Oregon. we talked about that. How they um, they they pulled off quite a remarkable win up at Washington State last week. Um, yeah. You know, it was a it was a Friday night game, and so those games tend to be harder on the road teams. And then they find out, you know, during warmups that uh, their quarterback Cam Rising won't be able to play. They were already without their starting running back. They were without their starting tight end, the guy that caught, you know, I think it was sixteen passes in the USC game. Um, and they still managed to win somehow. Um, so that was yeah, that was an impressive showing for them. Oh, that speaks pretty well to the the culture and the, the coaching staff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, certainly. So, okay, well, this week we only have two top twenty-five matchups, uh, which you know seems like a, almost a letdown compared uh, to other. Technically, weeks. we have four, but there's really only there's two that really matter. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about the two that matter, and and yeah. one of them uh, I want to build up to the big one, but. Alabama at LSU. Now, LSU found the 10 spot in the playoff. I, You know, I've been a skeptic of them all year. I, I think they're playing better than, than most people thought. Um, but, you know, 10 seemed pretty high. But here they get Alabama, number seven, in the playoff, coming into Death Valley on a night game. What do you think, Mike? Is uh, Alabama going to be able to overcome their problems on the road? Um, well, I think they're going to have to because uh, if not, I I think they lose this game if they if they play the kind oh, of game yeah. that you know the penalty filled game this, that they played at Texas and Tennessee. Um, I, yeah, I don't think they can beat LSU under those circumstances. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's I guess the best answer is they got to show up and they got to play some good, clean football. If they do, then yeah, they can win. Um, you know, I'm just kind of 
you know, for those of who are interested, I'm looking at the number on this game, 13 and a half. Uh-uh. Um, no, I don't, I don't get that at all. I don't know what Vegas is thinking here. They must be watching oh. another Alabama team. But, um, no, 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 yeah, no, I, no, I think no. even if they play reasonably well, I, I, I think LSU can cover 13 and a half at home here. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, once again, another elimination game. Um, oh. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm trying, you know, and you mentioned it with Oregon and what happened to them against Georgia. And so I'm trying to, you know, push as far to the back of my mind as I can how LSU lo- uh, looked in that opening loss to uh, Florida State. Um, and, you know. Yeah, that wasn't good. I, yeah, but then, uh, like, okay, well, you know, they they did beat Ole Miss last week pretty convincingly. Um, and then I think, well, there's also that Tennessee game. Oh, that was pretty ugly, too. Um, so, yeah, and, and the, that Tennessee game was at home, too. Um, yeah, they, they fumbled that opening kickoff, and it just was downhill from there. And I don't know. Um, you know, the, I... I I'm not sure I see LSU winning this game, but I I can't have them as a 13-and-a-half-point underdog either. Uh, you know, that's when I do my picks, that's uh, almost certainly going to be one I split. You know, LSU covers, Alabama probably finds a way to win. But LSU could win that game. That, that's certainly they could, absolutely. Uh, you know, yeah, if, Al- if Alabama racks up double digits and penalties and, you know, turns the ball over a couple times, oh, yeah. yeah, LSU absolutely would win the game under that, uh, those circumstances, I think. Um, you know, both teams are coming off a bye. Um, you know, that that has its benefits and drawbacks. They're well-rested. You know, they heal up from any injuries. Um, you know, you got to avoid the rust sometimes with a bye week. Um, but, you know, it's good that they're both coming off a bye. That's the fair way to do it. So you yeah. like to see that. Well, and, you know, you corrected me that there are, are actually four uh, top 25 matchups. But, you know, the, the two everybody's looking at. But before we get to the mega game of the week, let's touch on the other two. Uh, Texas at Kansas State. And Texas is a slight favorite in that game. Uh, what have you heard? Is is Martinez going to play quarterback for Kansas State, or are they going with uh, uh, good old what's his name? <laughs> Howard, uh, yeah, Will Howard. Um, you know they've they've sounds like they're that once again keeping that pretty close to the best. Um, so it's one of those quote unquote game time decisions. I think we had this discussion last week that, you know, they, yeah, how they're not really required like the NFL does to right. do the injury reports. Um, yeah. So we're going to have to see uh, that this is an interesting matchup. I agree. Um, you know, I, I kind of like Kansas state here, even though, you know, they're also an underdog in this one. It's only two and a half points. Um, I, I lean Kansas State on this one, even with Will Howard. Yeah, coming. Kansas State has all the momentum going in. I mean, you know, Texas has been playing well, but man, coming off that game, uh, you worried about a letdown after that big win though for Kansas State? Um, no, I'm not. I I, I okay. think you know they you look. It's it's look. It's Texas. Yeah. You you, you okay. don't suffer, you know, if you're a Big 12 team like Kansas State, you don't suffer a letdown when Texas comes into your house. Uh, well, that's a really good point. Yeah. I mean, you know, and they're ranked. And, yeah, no, I don't see a letdown here. Um, no. All right. Now, the other game, um, Saturday night, Wake Forest at NC State. Wake Forest, despite their best efforts, is still in the top 25 after that debacle in Louisville. Um, yeah. Boy, that's a game that, that, that they got to shake that off and come back and play a good game. But yeah. they could play a good game and still lose to NC State. They could, yeah. I, you know, I, Wake is I think they'll, I think they'll shake it off. Um, you know, I, I like Wake Forest here. They, yeah, they're four point favorite. Um, you know, NC State's the home team. Um, NC State, yeah, I, I don't know that they can. Uh, generate enough offense, which is a weird thing to say when you're playing Wake Forest because, uh, you know, they're they're pretty generous defensively. Um, 
but uh, you know, without so Devin Leary, um, you know, I, I'm not sure that um, NC State is going to be able to outscore Wake Forest. Yeah, I'd, um, I'm I'm going with Wake here, even even giving four. I, I um, really like Dave Clawson. I really like the the culture that he has built in that program. I think they are equipped to shake off that debacle. I think so. Not, yeah, not just shake it off. I mean, I'm sure they're they're probably downright embarrassed and angry about it. They should it be. Not. Probably the reaction, and so yeah. you know, I, I I think you know they have enough pride in themselves that they're not going to let anything close to that happen again. By the way, I, I wanted to share this little nugget I, I saw not too long before we uh, recorded this podcast. Uh, one of the questions that was asked of the uh, playoff committee chairman, Bill Hancock, yesterday, uh, one of the reporters asked if they consider point spreads in any of the data that they looked at as far as, you know, trying to determine, uh, you know, margins of victory, were they good and all that. Hancock called the reporter a degenerate for talking about gambling. <laughs> now, that's an old, old school approach. That ship sailed a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I remember it was one of the sports writers, it's like, you know, who should be the ones to, uh, to rank the teams, and, you know, there was a sports writer, it might have been Stuart Mandel, but but he's like, why not just let Vegas do it? Oh. Well, they, they, they do have a lot of knowledge floating out there. I mean, you know, they, they certainly, you know, have the data, there's certainly a lot at stake for them to get things right. Um, yes. uh, you know, this was years ago, obviously, you know, back in the early days of the playoff or, you know, maybe even before it really got started. And so obviously, you know, they wanted no association with gambling at the time. Apparently, according to Bill Hancock, they still don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, I, and, I think he does protest too much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I will say this and, you know, his comment is absurd, but I, I, I understand why they shouldn't take point spreads into account oh, yeah. because, you know, yeah. I mean, teams aren't out there trying to cover your cover a right. spread. They're out there trying to win. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that's um, that would be a good data point to use. Oh, I, I agree. But uh, it doesn't mean guys are degenerate for asking it. Um, <laughs> well, you know, that's actually just a common term that they use for people that like to wager on sports. It's actually yeah. it, it is a commonly used term nowadays. So uh, maybe not quite as much an insult as it might have seemed, you know, before then. Well, before we get to the big game, um, you know, I want to mention Maryland at Wisconsin, which is an important game for Maryland. And it's nice yeah, to be this, uh, in November, isn't it? It, it is. I mean, yeah, they're already bowl eligible, but I mean, yeah, this is a season where they need to do more than just get into a bowl game, you know. Um, you know, this, this kind of feels like that Purdue game, which is a game they really should have won, and they gave it away. And so I don't want to say that this is a game that they should win. Um, you know, it's going into Madison is never really a should win game but it's it's an opportunity and i think a winnable yes. game especially with talia tagovailoa back um and yeah they they need to find a way to come away with a win here i think to really make this season what it ought to be for them and uh because if they don't you know i i they're obviously not beating ohio state and i don't know that I would see them going into Penn State and getting a win. Rutgers, that's a winnable game. So you finish up seven and five. Eh, one game better than last year. Whoop de doo. Um yeah. Yeah, the, the this is the time where, you know, this is the kind of season where you look at it and say, All right, you need to go and find a win somewhere where, you know, when everybody sat and looked at the schedule before things got started, they're like, well, they're probably not going to win that one. No, you need to find a way to win one of those games on there. And so yes. uh, get it done, Maryland. You, you, yeah, you, know, you, didn't, you didn't get it done game. against Purdue. You, you need to get it done now. It, it is the real swing game for them because if they win it, then yeah, eight and four is very much on the table, and who knows? Mm -hmm. You know, if they can steal one in Madison, maybe they can go steal one at Penn State, go oh, nine and three, and then all, all of a sudden you got some really nice. And then you know, hey, you get a 
favorable bowl matchup, maybe you won 10 games. I mean, be something. When was the last time they had double-digit wins? It's been about 20 years. Probably. I mean, it was, the, it was yeah, at the beginning of the Frigian yeah, you know, he, he won ten his first three years, ten or more. First three, first yeah. Three so the third, the third yeah. year, that was the oh, last three. time they've won. They've had yeah. double digit wins in a season. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, course, yeah, I, I mean, I Penn, have, Penn State's going to be tough, but I don't yeah. necessarily. I don't think that's insurmountable, though. Oh no, there's a chance they can win. Penn State has had games where they cough the ball up and give the team yeah. opportunities. And, and I have yeah, just, you know, selfish uh, reasons for that because I'm I'm looking the the sun the stars and the moon have to align just right but there is if they if Maryland wins that uh, game the they have a decent chance of being in the Duke Mayo Bowl in Charlotte and seeing if they can dump a bucket of mayonnaise on Michael Oxley's bald head so uh, <laughs> there's a picture better for him you. than me <laughs> same here. Uh, you know, another interesting game, we were talking about the G5 spot uh, Thursday night, uh, Appalachian State at Coastal Carolina. Now, Appalachian State has been all over the board this year, Yeah. but you, you can't ignore them, and, and Coastal Carolina is still sitting there with just one loss. That's that's an important game for that G5 spot. That is, yeah, for yeah, from Coastal Carolina's perspective, definitely, um, and you know, maybe for the whole Sun Belt. Um, right. You know, I know. Uh, yeah, I think is it Troy? They're still leading the West Division, I think, uh, uh, but yes, they have two losses, know. and you know, they haven't they haven't been seen in the top twenty-five this season. Um, yeah. Yeah, if uh, if the Sun Belt wants to uh, steal a bid in that New Year's Six Bowl, you know, along with holding uh, hoping for attrition in the AAC, uh, Coastal Carolina might be their best shot. Yes, I, I would totally agree. All right, well, we've been keeping our listeners hanging on. Who is going to win the big game of the week? One of the big games of the year: Tennessee at Georgia between the Hedges and Athens. Georgia is an eight-point yeah. favorite. Yeah, this point. is uh, yeah, and, and you know Georgia got some um, unfortunate news earlier this week um, when they found out uh, Nolan Smith is uh, done for the season with a, a torn, uh, I think it was pectoral muscle. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, I don't know that that really makes an enormous difference but it's certainly a loss for georgia um tough break for them yeah this is uh this is a very interesting game um you have uh you know once again you kind of have strength on strength here where uh like we were talking about when tennessee played alabama uh you know a great offense against a great defense and you know as we saw in tennessee um and and a lot of times this happens the edge tends to go to the offense in these matchups the obvious difference here is uh this time tennessee's on the road and so it might not be so easy for them to do the things that they like to do um you know when you've got all those you know screaming fans in that environment that you're trying to um you know work through and i i can't help but wonder if maybe there's a little bit of extra motivation here that you know georgia's been on top all season tennessee's been below them and now all of a sudden you know even in the polls this week it was that way and now all of a sudden the playoff uh, rankings get released and released, and now it's Tennessee that's number one, and Georgia's the one ranked below them. Uh, just wonder if there's a little bit of extra motivation there. I don't know. I think it, it, it doesn't hurt. That's the kind of stuff coaches love going into a game, isn't it? Yeah, I, you know, Kirby Smart was happy to see it. Um, you know, I, I, I think he's like, okay, I, I don't mind that one bit. I can sell that to these guys. And they are not respecting you. You got to go out and earn their respect. And I, I think they're going to. I, I really like Georgia in that game, possibly even to cover. I, I don't really deal with the point spreads that much, but uh, you know they champion until proven otherwise. They have played at a championship level this year. So is Tennessee. But yeah. you know now now if Tennessee goes in there and wins, number one, I 
that that does it for me. I, I jump them over Ohio State. They're numero uno. Absolutely. No, no so question. Maybe oh, Ohio no question. State Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. But, no question. Uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, here's the interesting, you know, and I mentioned Tennessee, Tennessee's offense against Georgia's defense, but really the story of this game, I think, will be the flip side. And, I mean, Georgia, Georgia, they're not at Tennessee's level, but Georgia's a pretty elite offense. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee's defense, yeah, but you know what? They were terrific last week against um, against Kentucky. And, you know, I think they allowed, uh, it was 205 yards. They intercepted Will Levis three times. They only gave up six points. Um, I mean, if they can be something closer to to that than they have been at some other points in this season, you know, I would say them going in there and pulling the upset is not out of the question. But like you, uh, I definitely like Georgia in this game. And I'm probably leaning towards them to cover eight points. We'll see. But um, I, I certainly um, think Georgia's going to pull this out and win. I think so, too. I would not be shocked to see Tennessee win, but uh, I, I would be surprised. And uh, yeah. I think if both teams play their best, then uh, Georgia, as you said, is going to fight. Uh, yeah, yeah, they they will. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm just really interested to see, uh, you know, the Tennessee defense um, here against Georgia's offense and um, if they can at least come close. I mean, you know, Kentucky, they're not really elite offensively, but, you know, they were pretty good uh, coming into that game and, you know, Tennessee just shut them down. Um, you know, I, I don't know that they can do that two weeks in a row, but if they can come close, you know, they got a chance. Well, we will find out, and that will be a big game that we will be talking about uh, next week, and we'll see the ramifications of that, if any, uh, in the uh, college football playoff rankings next week. Both of the big SEC games could have significant implications. Yeah, really. Uh, well, they will, absolutely. I mean, these are both really elimination games. Um, you know, the the winner most likely wins their division. Uh, I would I would go so far as to say that, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the winner yeah. is going to, you know, the two winners are going to meet in the SEC championship game of both of those games. Um, that's, I can say that with a fairly good degree of confidence. Well, and, and if Alabama loses, then that's their second loss. They're toast as far as uh, playoffs go, and as far as the playoff, yeah. And, and yeah. again, yeah, they're they're. I don't think they they'll manage to win the SEC West even. Well, but right, I agree. Um, loser Tennessee Georgia might still be in play. It it depends if it's a close game. Oh, quite possibly, yeah. But Quite they, possibly. We'll see. Um, yeah, yeah, things would have to happen. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's certainly not unheard of. We we uh, we've had uh, you know twice that I can think of off the top of my head: Ohio State and Alabama, um, who uh, made the fourteen playoff without right. even winning their division. You know, both had right. just one loss. Um, yeah, the interesting question when you look at Tennessee and Georgia is like, okay, which of these two could probably afford? to lose and still get in, or which one of them, you know, if they lose this game, would be more likely to still be able to get in. And I'm not sure where I lean on that one. Maybe, maybe, uh, probably Tennessee, just because they do have that Alabama win in their pocket. Um, You know, but with Georgia, you know, that they've got that win against Oregon. And, you know, if Oregon... better all the time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll just uh, and and again, you know, if let's say Alabama loses to LSU, you know, does uh, does that win for Tennessee lose a little luster? Maybe, but at the same time, they also beat LSU. So you know, it's kind of the you know one side goes down, but the other side comes up. So and, and that's one of um, the crazy know. things about college football is not only do you have to win your games, you need to root for the teams you beat to still be good in the other games. So those exactly. wins mean more. Right. It's an odd thing. Yeah. That's one thing NFL teams don't have to contend with. 
This is true, but you know that's what makes college football unique. And uh, some people get frustrated by it; others kind of see the beauty in it. And uh, you know, it all depends on your perspective. And most importantly, for purposes of this podcast, it gives us lots to talk about. So yeah, love that's it. the thing. You know what? Nobody right now is sitting here talking like this about the NFL. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you get into the tiebreakers and the minutia there. Yeah, you know, we're well, yeah. very late in the season. You do, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we still have a whole month to go, and, uh, yeah. you know, we're already talking about the playoff. Well, and of course, when it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic changes when they go to the 12-team playoff. Now we don't have to say if, it's when. Uh, yeah. And if that discussion becomes less relevant or if it just broadens and we start looking at 16, 18 teams for the yeah. 12 spots. Well, I mean, right now we would probably be sitting here saying, okay, Tennessee's in, Ohio right. State's in, Georgia's in, Clemson's in, you know, Michigan in, Alabama in, TCU right. in, and then, you know, it's like Oregon, well, if they win the Pac-12, obviously they're in. Um, would USC get in? You know, they're right below them. Well, you know, if they make it to the, if they run the table, lose to Oregon in the Pac-12 title, yeah, sure. You know, they'd be, uh, let's see, 11, 11 and 2. Yeah, UCL, they're in. Uh, yeah, then you start looking at, um, let's see, who else do we have here? So we got all the conferences covered. You got a G5 who has to get in. Um, so at that point, you're, you know, you're certainly talking about that. You know, the, we've already had that discussion oh, yeah. just because, yeah. just because we love to talk about the G5, but you know, Tulane, yeah, UCF, yeah. Or again, does, you know, do they just kind of beat each other up there in the AAC and a Sunbelt team sneaks into the playoff or, you know, Conference USA? Or, you know, I, yeah, I, I didn't really, yeah, I, I kind of took my eye off them for a while, but, you know, uh, Boise State is sitting there. They don't, they only yeah. had two losses and, uh, you know, they've, they've done, uh, quite well since they've kind of got off to a slow start there and maybe you're the best team in the Mountain West. So who knows? Probably, yeah. Well, and the, the way that the playoff would be tiered and you've got, the top four getting uh, the bye in, in, uh, in the first round, then and then six, five through eight or get home field. Yeah, so positioning really would matter. Yeah, seeding really matters. Yeah, you know, whereas you know with the fourteen playoff, that's eh, not that big a deal. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know the only thing you know is that if you get two SEC teams in, you know they're not going to play each other, but in right. semifinals that is right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The the seating will matter, so it'll be a different discussion. But I don't necessarily think it'll be any less fun. Um, I mean, I I am pro expansion of the playoff. Um, my 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 hesitation with it um, is in the form of that I don't. I yeah, you know, I've, I've said this ad nauseum, I'm sure, but I'll, I'll say it again. I just don't think that it's necessarily going to level the play of playing field um you're still going to have your same two or three elite teams every season and right. you're still going to have you know all these you know beat downs in these playoff games and you know it's going to be the same cast of characters at the top at the end it's just you know you'll have a little bit more fun on the way to getting there in the postseason Right, and I think in that first round, the the five through twelve, you'll have some good games. Yeah, you know, maybe not five mm -hmm. through twelve, but absolutely, five, five you'll get. 12. You know, you'll, that might be yeah, the five to twelve round. I think that'll be. Oh yeah, I think it'll be fun. I think you'll get yeah. some upsets. I mean, you know, I'm, let's see. You know, Michigan is number five. UCLA is number twelve. That could be an interesting game. Which, by the way, you know, Michigan was supposed to play this season at UCLA and they canceled that game and because they wanted another home game and so uh, you know maybe if we had the playoff this year maybe we would have got the interesting game we deserved in the regular season yeah, in the wouldn't that have been a, yeah and it would have been yeah uh, except it would have been an issue yeah but yeah still. um 
That yeah, yeah, they'd be, be playing at Michigan instead of in the Rose Bowl. But yeah, you know, still it would be a fun game. But anyway, yeah, I, I just think it'll be a different conversation, but I don't think it'll yeah. be any less fun or interesting. The only thing uh, I, I think the big thing I take exception with that I've heard some people say is that somehow this is going to level things out, not just competitively, but for recruiting. Oh. I don't, me, I don't see that happening. I, I, I still think the recruits are going to congregate at, you know, these top schools, um, you know, maybe, you know, NIL is going to have more of an impact on that than I think expanding the playoff. I would agree. Uh, and more because, and more uh, you see, you know, and, and you see this, you know, coming up when, when people are going to the pros too, you know, they're, they're chasing a ring. Here mm-hmm. they're chasing a, you know, a ring at the college level and also assuming higher draft pick. They're, they're not going to build a program. They're going to soak in its success and contribute to it. But they're not looking yeah. to take somebody up in the majority. Yeah. Know, where where can I be most successful, not where I can help? Where am I going to be? And where am I going to be best developed for the NFL? Um, and you know, they're the ones that have the choice are always going to gravitate to the ones that have the best track record of developing NFL players. Right. And uh, I think that will continue to be the case, but, um, and you know, I was just, I was going to wrap it up with a thought and now, uh, whatever that thought was escaped me. So uh, I will leave it at that. Well, if you have that thought again, write it down, and we'll do it next week. So we'll, we'll, well, well yeah, we'll have uh, what was my we'll have plenty to we'll have plenty to talk about. We'll have plenty to talk about next week because uh, obviously the top of the playoff rankings are going to look a good bit different. Yes, one way or the other. Yes, agree. All right. Well, uh, always fun talking with you, Mike, and uh, we hope our listeners enjoy this broadcast half as much as we enjoy doing it. And uh, we will leave it at this for this week, and we'll see what other crazy stuff happens this coming week that we uh, get to enjoy sitting down and talking about with you this time next week. Uh, So until then, uh, everybody enjoy their Saturday and have a great week. Have a good week, everyone.